1: This episode is brought to you by Huggies Little Movers. Huggies knows that babies come in all
2: shapes and sizes, and your tushies do too. No matter what kind of butt you've got, you'll feel comfy while your baby's mushy little tushy wiggles and jiggles all around.
1: Get your baby butt in the best-fitting diaper. Huggies Little Movers. We got you, baby. Tonight, tens of millions of Americans are experiencing extreme weather across the country, severe heat and wildfires out west, with rain and flooding in the east. An historic heat wave fuels wildfires in California. CBS's Carter Evans is there tonight, as firefighters warn blazes are moving too fast to get everyone out. And in New England, flash floods wash away roads with more rain coming tragic discovery today is a very sad day in the city of memphis the body of the missing 34 year old teacher is found what we're learning tonight about the suspect cbs's elise preston is outside the jail first day of school in uvalde cbs's lilia luciano speaks to parents as kids return to the classroom i was just scared so scared i won't get her back big news tonight from Juul. The e-cigarette maker agrees to pay nearly $440 million over marketing to teens. Our exclusive interview with Hillary Clinton, what she says about her future. Would you ever run for president again? An American triumph at the U.S. Open.
3: CBS Evening News with Nora O'Donnell, reporting from the nation's capital.
1: Good evening and thank you for joining us on this busy Tuesday night. Tonight, extreme weather from coast to coast, torrential rains and flooding here in the northeast to record heat and deadly wildfires in the west. More than 58 million people are under excessive heat warnings and advisories in seven states. Multiple wildfires are burning across California as firefighters battle the flames, along with the brutal heat. Temperatures have topped the century mark for the seventh straight day, with the state capital of Sacramento expected to reach 115 degrees this afternoon. In the Northeast, it's rain and floodwaters causing the biggest problems. Two straight days of storms dropped nearly a foot in parts of Rhode Island, while downpours as far south as Philadelphia have flooded roads and left drivers stranded. We have a lot of news to get to tonight and CBS's Carter Evans will start us off from Hemet, California. Good evening, Carter. So are those firefighters making any progress?
3: Good evening, yes, they're making progress. Right now they're trying to steer this fire around the community. There used to be a home here. I met the family that lived inside. They said they barely had enough time to escape the flames. Others weren't so lucky because this fire just moved so fast. It's what firefighters fear the most, record-setting heat, parched land, and wildfires exploding in size. This fire raced down a canyon in Riverside County, just southeast of LA. It moved too fast to evacuate everyone safely. The community has only one road in or out.
4: And unfortunately, taken the lives of two civilians, it appears right now that those individuals were attempting to flee the area and were overcome by the fire. Fire officials say
3: the wind direction completely shifted.
2: It was a disaster because this canyon hasn't burned for many years. And once it got into where the homes are at, the fire was already moving like a freight train.
3: And another fire near the Oregon border left this entire neighborhood in ruins. Throughout the state, California continues to endure its worst and longest heat wave in years. On Monday, an all-time high of 117 degrees in the San Francisco Bay Area. Record breakers that are straining the power grid to the breaking point. We need two to three times as much conservation
4: as we've been experiencing to keep the power on
3: and the heat is more than just an inconvenience last year more americans died from extreme heat than from any other weather hazard far more than floods tornadoes hurricanes or extreme cold and there's little relief in sight california just now is entering what is normally the worst part of its fire season this extreme fire behavior seems to be happening a lot more frequently
2: correct yeah it's, when we say evacuate we mean evacuate. They don't have time to escape anymore. Fires could be right on top of you within seconds.
3: There's still no cause on this fire yet, but tonight Southern California Edison says some of its electrical equipment could have played a role. And right now fire inspectors are behind me. They've roped off an area near those utility poles for further inspection. Tonight California's governor is telling people not to let their guard down. He says we're now headed into the worst part of this heat wave, Nora.
1: An urgent warning there. Carter Evans, thank you very much. Well, the National Weather Service says the brutal heat wave in the West will continue through the rest of the week, while in the Northeast, rains will stick around for at least one more day. For more, let's turn to meteorologist Chris Warren from our partners at the Weather Channel. Good evening, Chris.
4: Good evening, Nora. More rain for the Northeast, but not nearly as much rain as what fell over the weekend. Many areas in Connecticut and Rhode Island, three to five inches, some areas close to a foot of rain, creating scenes like this in Providence. For a while, parts of Interstate 95 south of Providence was shut down because of the flooding. Fortunately, we're toward the end now. The rain eventually will be working out. You see, through the next several hours, showers and maybe a storm or two will be wrapping up. A few pockets here and there of heavy rain, but the worst of the worst uh, does appear to be over. Meanwhile, still dangerous heat in the west. And once again, Nora, some record heat is possible with no significant relief for some, possibly till the weekend.
1: Chris, thank you. In Memphis, the multi-day search for a kidnapped teacher has come to a tragic end. Police say they have identified the body of 34-year-old Eliza Fletcher, the kindergarten teacher who was abducted while jogging early Friday morning. The suspect in her abduction is now facing additional charges, including first-degree murder. Here's CBS's Elise Preston.
2: Today is a very sad day in the city of Memphis.
5: A new gruesome court affidavit reveals tire tracks in a grassy area led investigators to the body of 34-year-old Eliza Fletcher late yesterday afternoon. A trash bag containing purple shorts, like the one she was wearing, was also found.
2: While the outcome of this investigation is not what we hoped for, we are nonetheless pleased to remove this dangerous predator off the streets of Memphis.
5: Police say early Friday morning, 38-year-old Cleotha Abstin forced the kindergarten teacher and mother of two into an SUV as she was out on a run. Abstin was arrested the following day. This morning, he was arraigned on charges of especially aggravated kidnapping and tempering with evidence. He had already served nearly 20 years in prison in another kidnapping case.
6: We have no reason
3: to think this was anything other than an isolated uh, attack
4: by a stranger.
5: A growing show of love for the family is now at the site of Fletcher's abduction. Her family released this statement saying, we are heartbroken and devastated by this senseless loss. Did the system fail in in this situation? It looks that way. It's still not clear exactly how the mother of two was killed. Abstin has yet to enter a plea on today's charges. Tomorrow, he'll be arraigned on additional charges, including first-degree murder. If convicted,
1: he could face the death penalty. Nora? Such an awful story, Elise Preston. Thank you very much. Well, tonight, a legal showdown is brewing after a federal judge's extraordinary ruling in favor of former President Donald Trump over his demand for a special master to review documents seized from his Florida home. Even Trump's former attorney general is calling the decision deeply flawed. Here's CBS's Robert Costa.
4: Tonight, the Justice Department is weighing whether to challenge Florida federal judge Eileen Cannon's decision to authorize the appointment of a special master. A ruling that has generated an outcry from some legal experts and criticism from Trump's former attorney general. I think was wrong and I think the government should appeal it. Cannon wrote that Trump faces unquantifiable potential harm if more sensitive information is made public. And for now, federal investigators have been blocked from further reviewing evidence until a special master's work is done. Some former federal prosecutors say it could slow the investigation for weeks or even months.
3: It's just an extraordinary eyesore of an opinion. And um, it manifests in a number of places a palpable bias in favor of former President Trump that would never be accorded any other individual who's the subject of the execution of a criminal search warrant.
4: Judge Cannon, who was appointed by Trump, was confirmed by the Senate days after the 2020 election. Any appeal by the Justice Department would likely be heard by the 11th Circuit Court of Appeals, where court watchers note six of the 11 active judges are also Trump appointees.
3: They may be in a more hostile um, court of appeals landscape where the risk of an adverse more significant adverse opinion is greater.
4: If a special master is appointed, the choice would likely need a high level security clearance given the sensitivity of the documents.
2: They can't just ship them by FedEx or deliver them to the special master's office. These will only be able to be reviewed in a secured compartmentalized information
6: facility.
4: And tonight, according to a person close to the Trump legal team, Trump's lawyers now favor a retired judge to be the special master, and they are coming up with a short list of names. They will then begin to quietly reach out to some of them to see their availability ahead of Friday's deadline.
1: Nora. Robert Costa with that new reporting. Thank you so much. Well, it was an emotional day as families in Uvalde, Texas sent their kids back to school for the first time since a mass shooting killed 19 children and two teachers. The site of the massacre, Rob Elementary, has been permanently closed. And despite the ramped-up security, some parents and kids say they still don't feel safe. CBS's Lilia Luciano is in Uvalde.
7: The first day of school in Uvalde after a summer of rage and grief. The heightened security as children return to the classroom puts some parents at ease.
2: Yes, I understand about the safety and stuff, but me as a parent, like I said, you know, from what I saw today, I, I feel pretty
5: secure.
7: The state and the district have put in new fencing, security cameras, and have added additional police officers and therapists. Many families, though, remain anxious, unwilling to send their kids back to school after one of the deadliest shootings in the nation's history. My girls are um, homebound, yeah, and they'll be homebound for the rest of the year. And- Monica Gallegos and Donny Ray Valdez's daughters are among the more than 130 doing remote learning school. this semester. You feel you like scared. It's not safe. Yeah, it's not safe. Angeli Rodriguez lost her twin sister in the shooting. Their parents say Annabelle was Angeli's support system. It's hard that she's gonna have to enter the following grades without her sister. This school, Flores Middle School, is where the twins were supposed to start the fifth grade today and where many of their classmates, including those who survived the shooting, are coming to school. But when they were dropped off back there, this fence had not been built yet.
0: I got about a block away and then they, they couldn't do it, so I went back and got them.
7: Being back in school was too much for two of Uzaya Garcia's siblings, who returned to class today for the first time since the death of their brother. They called you.
4: Yeah. It's not something that you can just shake, you know, because now you equate school
3: with your brother being murdered, you know, so it's hard.
7: Instead of beginning to heal, these parents have spent their summer becoming activists. At the top of their list of priorities is accountability, especially for the officers who responded to the shooting on May 24th. They say they also want to see more gun control, at least to see the minimum age required for someone to buy the kind of weapon used in the massacre go from 18 to 21. Nora.
1: Lilia Luciano, thank you for all your reporting from Ivaldi. Well, tonight in a major foreign policy decision, the White House says President Biden will not designate Russia as a state sponsor of terrorism. Ukraine was pushing for that, but the president says it could jeopardize deals to ship grain and other goods through the Black Sea. This comes as international inspectors sound the alarm over that embattled nuclear plant. CBS's Deborah Pata is in Kiev with what we're learning from the report.
6: One overriding message the IAEA remains gravely concerned about Zaporizhia. While the ongoing shelling has not yet triggered a nuclear emergency, it's a constant threat. The presence of inspectors at the plant appears to have done little to lessen the risks. They say they had to be evacuated to safety on Saturday after witnessing shelling firsthand. Zaporizhia is occupied by Russia, but still run by Ukrainian technicians working under high stress. And listen to this. The report states up to 40% of jobs dealing with safety are currently unstaffed, raising the possibility of human error. The team has confirmed that there are Russian soldiers and military vehicles inside the facility, and the key recommendation that a safety and security protection zone be set up immediately to prevent a radiation disaster. Nora.
1: Deborah Pata, thank you. The e-cigarette maker Juul has reached a mega settlement tonight with more than 30 states. That story in 60 seconds. Ah. The comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your
8: license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And
7: speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer.
1: Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. E-cigarette maker Juul has agreed to pay nearly $440 million to settle a multi-state investigation into the marketing of its vaping products. The company is blamed for sparking a surge in teen vaping. As part of the settlement, Juul will not use cartoons or social media influencers in its marketing, and the display of Juul products in stores will be restricted. Britain's new prime minister, Liz Truss, was formally appointed by Queen Elizabeth today. Truss, voted in by conservatives, met with the queen at her estate in Scotland today. She now takes over for Boris Johnson, who was forced out by scandals. Truss spoke today with President Biden, who congratulated her on her appointment, pledging to work together on shared challenges. Well, still ahead, our interview with Hillary Clinton. Is she running for president again? And what does she think about the Mar-a-Lago search? Hillary Clinton is on a new campaign of sorts with her daughter, Chelsea, for a new Apple TV Plus docu-series highlighting extraordinary women. It's called Gutsy. We sat down exclusively with the former secretary and asked her what's next. Would you ever run for president again? No, no. But
8: I'm going to do everything I can to make sure that we have a president who respects our democracy and the rule of law and upholds our institutions.
1: What if Donald Trump runs again?
8: He should be soundly defeated. It should start in the Republican Party. Grow a backbone. Stand up to this guy. And heaven forbid, if he gets the nomination, he needs to be defeated roundly and sent back to Mar-a-Lago.
1: The Florida mansion now in the spotlight after an FBI search for classified documents. Donald Trump is saying that this search of his home is politically motivated. Well, I'm sure he would say that. In 2016, Hillary Clinton was under investigation for her own handling of classified information and questions about using a private server as secretary of state. Then FBI director James Comey ultimately recommended Clinton not be prosecuted, but said she and her team were extremely careless.
8: I had a very different situation where I was cleared and the guy just kept talking and talking and then came up with a new reason to talk some more 10 days before the election. James Comey. Yes, and uh, there's no doubt at all that he uh, impacted uh, very negatively my chances of winning. So it was in the middle of an election, there was no there there, and the guy never shut up. Uh, So I think it's a really different um, uh, comparison to what's going on here when it appears that the Justice Department and the FBI have been incredibly patient, quiet, careful until they finally apparently thought that uh, national
1: security was at stake. She told us she's watched all of the January 6th hearings.
8: What do you think of Liz Cheney? I think she's done a great historic service to um, the United States and, you know, paid a price for it, which was gutsy. It was unpatriotic. It was un-American. I want to give a real... Shout out to the witnesses, uh, but Many of them forward. have been young women. Young women. And, and that goes to a point about being a gutsy woman. The couple of young women who have come forward out of the Trump White House, they have been vilified. They had to have known that they were going to be criticized, but I give them enormous credit for speaking the truth and doing the right thing.
1: Well, you can see more of our interview with Hillary and Chelsea Clinton tonight on Person to Person at 10.30 Eastern, 7.30 Pacific on the CBS News app. And we will be right back. 24-year-old Francis Tiafo is making a racket at the U.S. Open after his incredible victory over Rafael Nadal. The Maryland native now heads to the quarterfinals, but that's only part of his story. Here's CBS's Nancy Chen. It was a stunning upset,
7: one that Francis Tiafo needed time to process.
0: I'm beyond happy. I'm almost in tears.
6: I can't believe it.
7: Rafael Nadal couldn't overcome Tiafo's precision and speed, honed on the same Maryland tennis courts where his father worked, the immigrant from Sierra Leone sleeping on a cot so he could care for the grounds and support his family. In 2014, uh, as a teenager, to Tiafoe told CBS's mm-hmm. James Brown he practiced there up to 12 hours a day. Uh, we're on the courts a lot. We're sweeping the courts, and then like we go to bed like probably like midnight, and wake up and play again. His dream then to win the U.S. Open. Now he's just three matches away. NBA star LeBron James tweeting, "Congrats, young king. Keep going." High praise for the youngest male American
1: to make it this far in the U.S. Open since 2006. Nancy Chen, CBS News, New York. Cheering you on, Francis. That is tonight's CBS Evening News. Good night.